this is the Corner to Calm podcast. In 2017, I realized my personal life was completely at odds with my professional life. I am now on a journey to speak with entrepreneurs, community leaders, and beyond to discover what motivated them to make the change, what motivated them to move from corporate to calm. Hey there, you are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate to Calm. Today I'm speaking with Colette Doyle. She is an amazing entrepreneur. She has spent most of the pandemic in Kenya working for a charity as well as working on her own businesses. She is the epitome of an entrepreneur. She has numerous businesses including Shelfleet, Unfold Digital and Recently, she has upped sticks from Kenya and moved to Austin, Texas. And that is where I'm speaking to her today in Austin, Texas, where all the excitement seems to be happening. So I hope you enjoy Colette's journey from corporate to Cam. Hi, Colette. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for being on the Corporate Cam podcast. Tell me about you. Tell me, um, I suppose, where did you be- begin your career before all of these life-changing things have happened to you in the last few years? Well, okay. So um, very randomly, I started my career actually in retail. So I, my first job, I kind of, I kind of edged my way in, honestly, like I really, I wasn't even supposed to be working. I was 14 and I, I just decided that I wanted to make money because so I don't come from like a very wealthy family we're definitely very you know there was six kids very kind of you know run of the mill dad works really hard mom stayed at home looking after all of us we were lucky to share like a Kit Kat between (laughs) on a Thursday that was like the the exciting part and like I was only talking to my siblings about this on a Friday sometimes my sister would buy those popcorn kernels and she would make popcorn first and we'd watch a movie and that was literally like the highlight of our like of our week was that these these cheap popcorn kernels made <laughs> on the stove, you know, with like salt on them. But um, so I, I kind of when I was fourteen decided like, yeah, you know what, I'm just gonna go and get a job, um, make my own money, not have to ask mom and dad for anything. So um, went up to the square and Tala, the local my local uh, shopping center. <laughs> love it, love it. We all know this. This good. Um, yeah. So I, I go there and um. I, I convinced this woman who owns a shoe shop to to give me a job, a part-time job. Um, pretty sure I lied about my age as well. It was just like, yeah, like I'm 16. And she was like, like back then, no, no, okay. Just yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Um, so yeah, so I went, got a job there. Um, then just basically loved working retail. When I was in school, I, I went to St. Louis around mines and um, hated school. Absolutely hated mm-hmm. school and would take every possible opportunity to go on the hop as I could like I, I was probably out of school more than I was in school um and I used to my brother worked in the cinema in Tala and UCI and I also used to go to the cinema on days that I was supposed to be in school um, I, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this actually she still doesn't know this. um and yeah and then kind of went into Arnott's when I was like 15 went into Arnott's in in Henry Street and was like just obsessed with makeup and the whole special effects stuff and wanted to to work in cosmetics so I just walked up to this woman and I was like hi I'm looking for a job she was like oh we're actually interviewing for a position for a part-time position I was like cool went got that job in Arnott's um then just liked it more and more and decided I just wasn't going to go back to school at 16 I just left um and was working full-time had applied and enrolled in a um course to do fashion media theater makeup and design in the evenings and my mom still thought I was going to school oh, and about a month, I'm not even joking about a month into it um my boss in work I'm working full-time and my boss gets a call and she's like can I come here for a minute and I'm like yeah and she's like your mom just phoned me and said you're supposed to be in school and I was like oh no like I left school and she's like but your mom doesn't know does she and I was like no <laughs> like, she's like maybe you should like go and talk to her and I was like okay fine I got home oh my god I was killed I was I can imagine I can imagine yeah like she she was like furious and I was like look I was like I'm working full-time I'm making Mm -hmm. a full-time wage I've just paid for myself to go to college I know this is what I want to do I hate school I wouldn't be going anyway 
So mm-hmm. like, you might as well just let me do this. And she was kind of like talking to my dad and the two of them like, okay, well, look, if you, if you drop out of this, you're on Mexico. I was like, yeah, no worries. So went, did my fashion media theater makeup and design course in the evenings. Worked by the time I was like 18, was floor manager in Arnott's cosmetics <laughs> department store. Hilarious. Hilarious. Love it. <laughs> Just like tottering around telling like people older than me what to do. It was hilarious. Um, and yeah, I, I like loved that whole, I loved the the kind of camaraderie of yeah. um, that. Because back then, like back then cosmetics wasn't about making money. It was about like actually making people happy and yeah. you know, new like brands really actually had I, I think ethics back then and you know it wasn't about like how much you could sell it was Pe- people coming yeah. in to get their makeup yeah. done on a Saturday and a Saturday night kind of thing like we were encouraged like if an older lady or something came in we were encouraged to like spend hours with them you know yeah. and, and that was actually it wasn't like this transactional thing it was like treat someone give them the experience yeah have fun you know um and my my manager there and um, Valerie she was honestly like the best mentor ever because she was we kind of used to slag her a bit because we like we could distract her with new shiny cosmetics so whenever we were feeling like working we'd be like Valerie come here and she'd be coming over to like give out to us and tell us to to do some work and we'd be like Valerie look at this eyeshadow like it's amazing like oh go on put a bit on me and we we just like get away with murder so it was just brilliant um brilliant like brilliant first kind of big job you know um and then yeah I, I moved to Greece for a couple of years so um went to live in Corfu uh loved that just worked in a bar was yeah you know fun. really and um, fun just loved the fun um and then I ended up moving to the UK and um with my boyfriend at the time he was English and um yeah we go we went to the UK and um I lived there for seven and a half years which really? I crazy wow wow madness like moved went to work for um monsoon and accessorize again retail okay. as uh, assistant manager and then store manager and um loved it loved merchandise and loved the whole kind of fashion thing and then went and worked for boots uh pharmacy as well as a store manager um and then moved back to ireland and was just like you know or sorry sorry no i'm i'm meeting i'm actually missing i've had so many different careers <laughs> I'm missing an entire part of my life so then I was like okay I want to I want to be a teacher so I was like I'm gonna go and study to be a primary school teacher stop it yeah no I'm not even joking no I just decided suddenly one day I hated retail I'm gonna study to be a primary school teacher so at one point I was working in Monsoon Accessorize going to college two days a week to be a primary school teacher and um, in the week and then working in a restaurant four or five evenings a week so I literally was just like probably working I'd say about 70 80 hours a week going just doing stuff so decided I couldn't this wasn't sustainable so I left retail and went to work as a teaching assistant in a school um and I worked with children with uh, like additional needs so worked mainly with children with dyslexia dyspraxia mm. and some children with mild autism as well um absolutely loved it was kind of able to do my college allowed me to kind of do it on the job as well which really you know so I was working in the restaurant and then I'm working here in the school um loved it and then myself and my boyfriend broke up and I was like I really want to move back to Ireland yeah and this was literally at the time of the financial crisis so okay. it was this time when like I actually had an apartment um and I was only like I bought an apartment when I was 19 which is just insane amazing but, yeah yeah stupid like absolutely stupid who buys an apartment when they're 19 like you know really um but we sold the apartment lost money in that moved back to Ireland and at the time there was no teaching jobs in Ireland and yeah, for me I to remember be, yeah it was just like not like nothing and um, because my sister's a teacher as well so I, she was just she was struggling and I was like and, and everybody at that time seemed to be doing because yeah. I, I I went back and did Irish yeah. to go for that sole purpose and that was all that was kind of around 20 or maybe 2008 2009 2009 exactly yeah. Yeah. so I moved back in like I think mid 2008 I moved back yeah. to Ireland and you're like you're totally right because I had no I had never done my leaving so I had done I, to get into my um teaching I had done an access to primary years which is basically like an a-levels kind of yeah. like a quick a, a quick way into like college so I'd gone back and done that in a year in, um in in the UK so I didn't have Irish, so I couldn't go back and teach. So when I moved back to Ireland, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to do two more years in like teaching in Ireland yeah. and I'm gonna have to do another year to teach Irish. 
to be able to actually be a primary school teacher and I was like no like I'm not I'm not willing to do that but Um, I think that should change because like I I remember going back and doing it and it was like two or three nights a week and it's like you have to do the leave and search and it's like what I mean surely it's only conversational Irish for primary school you know it's like it's absolutely crazy and like the other thing is like I was particularly focused on um working with children with like special needs yeah and I and so my sister that's what she does and she doesn't need Irish but they were still saying that I still had to go and and do because just in case to finish my teaching degree I had to go back and do it I was like this is ridiculous so yeah so I I kind of was at a pause where I was like I don't actually know what I want to do now um and I was I was a bit you know kind of all over the place and I said you know what I'm just gonna go back into retail because I know it I'm good at it I'm I'm I know what I'm doing um so I went back and I started working in cosmetics again in Harvey Nichols first and then went into um House of Fraser and started working for Clarence Cosmetics and I was again like counter manager business manager for a couple of different stores um loved it but I just kind of felt like I I started getting really into the marketing and like promotional side and like the yeah. events side of it and I worked very closely with the the head office Clarence head office and just you know some ideas I had about how we could make because I kind of missed I realized how different cosmetics had become over that that kind of few years and mm. I really missed the whole like experiential thing with customers and so it was really important to me um, that it wasn't just like transactional sales. So started working with Clarence around like how we could make it more of a, I suppose, you know, interactive and experiential mm-hmm. thing, um, which was great. So I created like some kind of pamper menus for customers and, you know, like hand massages and bring them into mini facials and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I realized I loved marketing. So I was yeah. like, Wow, like marketing is actually what I love doing and business management and events management. So I decided to go back and study um, all of these things. And uh, a year into it, I started, I actually started working with a small tech startup. Um, so I was the first kind of business person on the, the I suppose, in the tech startup on the, on the mm-hmm. business side, I was the first person and I loved it. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is exciting. Like this is I worked for AI, which back then would have been, I think, 2010, 2012, maybe, maybe actually a little bit later than that. I'm so bad with like dates and stuff. But (laughs) when I started working with them, I was just like, okay, like this is super cool. Like I'm really interested in this. Mm. Um, And it was so new. And um, the team that I had were just fantastic as well. So yeah, worked there for three and a half years um, whilst I was doing college as well in the evenings. So I was doing college two evenings a week as well. My degree was four years, um, which was just crazy, honestly. Um, loved it, did that in DBS and had the best, you know, lectures and stuff as well. Um, and then, yeah, went, went kind of from, from tech then, um, decided that I was going to kind of move into, well, what, what I loved, which was um, kind of creative agency land. Mm-hmm. So moved into creative agency land um, and worked for a social media um, kind of creative agency and then did that for two and a half years and then was like you know what I can actually do this myself (laughs) I was like I was like working for someone that you know we we had kind of didn't always see eye to eye and we kind of had very differences of opinions in in terms like values and 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 that kind of thing and so I was like you know I'm working I was managing director so I was I was running the agency I was working like my ass off you know really you know working like 60 again 60 hour weeks getting up being in work in the office at seven in the morning I remember being I remember the time I realized that I needed to get like to set my own thing up I was doing this um training so this digital marketing training workshop for Oracle and it was super cool I was traveling all over the world so I was in mm-hmm. Dubai I was in Holland I was um went you know all over and I remember it was it was actually in Kenya and it was the reason that I was in Kenya for the first time um and I was in Kenya and I'd done the workshop and a friend of mine had said to me, oh, I have a school there. You should go and you should go and visit the school. And I was like, cool. Yeah. So I went and I go and visit the school. And I was like, wow, this is actually like terrible. I was like, this place is like in the middle of the, and I'd been to slums before, but I was just, wow, this is awful. Like the kids are literally walking through like shit basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, it's filthy and it's, smelly and it's disgusting and the building that they're in is not safe and 
I was just like this is incredible and I I I you know just said to my friend like wow I, like I want to start doing some fundraising and when I came back to to Ireland I just kind of was like well you know like I don't I just something kind of had clicked in me and I was like I don't really feel comfortable living in Dublin and I and and so I set up my own agency and this would have been I left the the creative agency in January and I set my own agency up in February well pretty much in January um and actually 2020 2020 like the, the, <laughs> like the month before COVID was like a real thing and I remember actually did, so the last day in the office um one of the girls Jan she had been in in China and she was coming home and, and the talk of COVID had just started and everyone really truly believed that it was just like it was going to be like the Ebola where it was just like contained you know three weeks we'll be grand we'll be out in three weeks exactly and like Jan had come home and everyone was like oh like she's come from China maybe she should self-isolate this wasn't even a word back then but we were all like maybe she should just stay at home like and yeah just like stay in and so we I remember thinking like oh okay going off on my last day being like great I'm gonna set up my own business I can work from anywhere I can do anything I want and then literally a couple of weeks later being like yeah this is a real thing everyone needs to I remember the first announcement and and just being like shit what am I doing like this is like (laughs) the worst um but in hindsight it was the best thing I ever did honestly it was just like such a and where did so um you started unfold at that stage was that yeah and then where where so tell us the timelines then between like say Leo's announcement at the White House of all places (laughs) with the trumpet with the Trump administration like what the fuck like you know but um what (laughs) what what happened from there because you were in Kent was it what Kenya was quite soon then was it to get out that quick like as well you know yeah so um so I remember my friend Christina. So my friend Christina is actually the founder of Slumrunners. We're now called mm-hmm. the Uti Foundation. Um, we've changed the name. But so so she she had founded a kind of, I think, two years previously. Um, and so she had kind of said to me, look, you know, after I'd been the first time, she was like, you want, did you want to be on the board, basically? And she's like, I could really do it with someone that's, you know, obviously got a marketing and more of like mm-hmm. a fundraising head than I have. And I was like, yeah, sure. So um, I had just been, you know, helping with different projects fundraising and set up unfold digital in as I said the kind of early early February let's say um announcement happened in March I'm pretty sure because I remember being yeah. stuck inside on St Patrick's Day and I was still yeah. in Ireland at the time um and then I was chatting to Christina and she was living in Canada and we had originally planned that we go for like a couple of months in the summer and we were thinking and we were like look what you know do you still want to go? And I remember being like, I don't know if like Kenya's going to be super dangerous. Mm. And I really was concerned because I have asthma as well. So I was like really concerned. I was like, you know, I don't want to be there. And then their healthcare system isn't as good as Ireland. In hindsight, it's better. But I was like, I don't want to be there, you know, in this mm. place. And and so I was kind of weighing it up. And I, I said, you know what, like, feck it, let's just go. So I left in the May. So I went in May, which was just for a couple, originally just for a couple of months. So we went out for a couple of months in May. Um, it was mad like yeah. going from lockdown in Ireland to going to a place where people don't even wear masks like yeah. it's it's just like it's it just COVID just was not a thing there like okay. the entire time that I was there COVID was probably a thing for about two weeks and then the rest of the two years was just like it didn't exist um and so yeah so we went really really loved it um came back then in the July so went May June came back in the July and then basically in the September I had decided then that I was going to move out there um and then in the September just left and and, and moved uh properly and then had been there basically up until like a month ago so um, and what what do you mean by it wasn't a thing was it just that it didn't travel or that yeah like it it just it, it just it was I think it was crazy like I think particularly in the area that I was working in, like the slum area. Um, there's so many germs there all the time because they don't have access to soap. They don't have access to running water. They're constantly surrounded by food that maybe isn't in the best quality. Um, like they're, they're, they're living in these confined areas where they're like, they're living on top of each other. There's like okay. thousands of people in, you know, very small spaces there's no personal space like you you wouldn't like two meters distance forget about it like that's yeah, not a okay. thing. You just, you, yeah. you're next to each other all the time and so 
like you know I was going into a school which is probably the size of my apartment now um, mm-hmm. that I'm in which is tiny and um, there was 320 children and 14 teachers with limited supply of soap um, no masks mm-hmm. because that's not, like that, it, it's it's like will I buy food or will I buy a mask well of course yeah. I'm going to spend the money on food you know yeah. and and so I was going in here every day and it was just like the whole talk of COVID just didn't exist. Like yeah. I didn't watch the news. The only time I heard about COVID was in the WhatsApp group with my family um, okay. because they were obviously all living in Ireland. And so this was like, they were they were living this like trapped inside life. And here I am swanning around and like, you know, walking through the city, going into supermarkets. Like we wore, they eventually introduced masks into like shopping centers and supermarkets. Okay. Yeah. But even then people wore them around their chin. You know, they weren't like, <laughs> it just yeah, wasn't, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so it, it was just kind of very, I think I just didn't really focus on the fact yeah. that COVID even existed. And yeah. um, touch wood, I need to find a wood thing, but I haven't had COVID once in the entire Lucky you, year. lucky so, you. Yeah, I know, you know. <laughs> I'll say that you'll be talking to me next week and I'll be like, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me, so... We, we'll talk about um you, you you've mentioned a, a little bit about it's slum runners and it's moved to Uthu now um but tell me about running the business um like it's still a startup you're in a different country what happens there yeah so I think the great thing was Kenya Nairobi was three hours ahead of Ireland okay. so it's not like here um in Austin where I'm so far in terms of the time zone so so I was really lucky like when I set up Unfold Digital a lot of the clients that I had been working with in my old agency were like we really like you personally and we trust you and we want to come and work with you um and I was like okay you know that's that's something I'm gonna have to you know chat to my old manager manager about legally navigate (laughs) I don't know if I'm gonna get sued here so let me just check So yeah, it, it was fine. Like, you know, it was actually quite nice about it. And quite a few of the clients left and came across with me. And I, I guess like for me, the biggest thing that I wanted to change was, um, I see like agency world is very impersonal now. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear this a lot. You'll hear a lot of the smaller clients say, you know, big agencies don't have time for me. Or I know I'm just a number in there and I, I'll, I'll probably get like one of the junior people on my account. And I... I'm a, a big believer in like, you know, personal relationships are so important. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even though I have like a team of people that, you know, work with me regularly, I wanted to be the person that contact the person in contact with all the clients. And it's you're always the, tu- the touch point. You're the it touch was, point. Yeah. 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 And, and just, you know, allowing them to, if they have a problem that they can contact me directly or yeah. if there's, you know, if they, if they're just, you know, they all have my WhatsApp, they all have my email and it's more like a, it's a relationship that and the other thing I believe is you know I don't work for anyone I I chose I very carefully for me it wasn't about you know it wasn't about quantity of clients it was about the quality of clients that I have and I remember saying to one of my team you know I don't want to take people on just because they're hanging you know the big books in front of us I only want people that I actually like working with me and also people that don't treat me like I'm just their agency I want people that want to treat me like I'm their partner and I also care about their business and I also want to grow their business. And I think that was a really important piece was, you know, when we spoke, we spoke about, well, what are their plans for the business? What are their goals? What's their teams? What's their big barriers that they have right now? Um, instead of just going, great, we'll do your social media for you. This is what we think. Yeah. It was like, okay, well, what, what are they actually trying to achieve? Um, and so I got really invested in all of these companies and in all of their businesses. And I was kind of, I guess, like a a secondary you know team member to to the people you know yeah. that I was working with which was great um because it means that like all the relationships that I've had have lasted over two years which is kind of unheard of Amazing. in the yeah. world um and it's great and and actually with the new thing now I've had to start kind of saying to them I'm really sorry I need to stop taking on work but um but yeah it it, it was you know it, it's been fantastic and I've been so lucky as well so um yeah and what and about like you know working remotely and everything like where there are any barriers because like what what are the top three things that enabled you like I mean it it doesn't seem you know you just seem to have created this world for yourself that's just brilliant and there's there's no um 
as you say, they have your WhatsApp, they have everything. You, you could be sitting in Dublin, you could be sitting in their offices. And do you think that the pandemic was an opportunity to show I can do this from anywhere? Yeah, 100%. I think, and, and that's actually, I think, for me, it was one of the best opportunities that could have come along. And I know, I, I, you know, I, I know how hard it was for a lot of people. But yeah. for me personally, that it was a massive opportunity because a lot of, particularly the older clients, and I don't mean older in age, I just mean older in terms of mindset and yeah. um, how they do business. You know, like one of my clients is bored via and they would have beforehand would have been like come to the office for everything yes Yes. and it would have been very much like we expect a meeting in person not the team that I worked with but just in general that's the way that they did business and so suddenly they couldn't do that so everything was online anyway um and no one really cared whether you were sitting in your living room here or whether you were sitting in your living room in Kenya and so I, I think that the biggest kind of tips that I I'm extremely organized like yeah. I'm extremely organized. My calendar is color labeled. My emails yeah. are starred and color labeled. I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely a bit OCD and like how organized I am. But it means that I was able to balance my work life really well because I would set periods of time in my calendar that were for calls, for mm-hmm. client calls. I would then set period of times in my calendar for like work on client projects. And then I would have like Slum Runners Utu Foundation days where I knew I'd be at the school. Mm-hmm. And then I would have like my, because I was three hours ahead, I would have like my morning routine every morning. So I would get up, I'd go to the gym at six in the morning, which was only 3 a.m. in Ireland, which yeah. meant I had so much time. Yeah. I go to the gym at six, I come back, I do yoga for an hour, I journal. I'd make my smoothie, I'd sit on my balcony, I'd read, I'd start my emails. And by the time I had like half my days done would be when my clients were kind of starting their starting their day. So like you, it's like you got the gift of time nearly. Like, I, I had the gift yeah. of time. I genuinely, yeah. Because they all knew I was in Kenya. They all knew I was three hours ahead. So even in the evenings, it would be very rare that anyone would send me like an email, you know, later than like 3 p.m. Irish time. Amazing. So It was just like, it was amazing. And I think that the second thing that I learned is like having that respect between the clients and having that open communication as well is so important because I wasn't lying about where I was. I wasn't lying about the fact that I only work these days. I was very clear. I was like, I'm doing this thing with slum runners as well. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm here. So my days for calls are these days, these days, and these days. Um, You know, if it doesn't suit you, let me know what my preference is. Yeah, to to kind of do that. So I think that that's kind of the second thing. And then the third thing I think is just having the experience as well to to say no and the yeah. confidence to say no and to not take on projects that you know are just going to be a pain. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily again the clients, but just actual even the work. Like yeah. to, to kind of just be like, you know what? Like it, it's not worth the few grand. You know, it's just not worth yes. it. And being able to turn that down and being able to say like no and not just always focusing just on the money is really important as well. That's brilliant. Like it, and it is, it is, um, I mean, boundaries are just so important. Like that's the thing. And that's, and that's such a running theme through all of my conversations. It's like you, people that, succeed and uh, when we're not talking about monetarily I'm talking about like in life really set up boundaries and and um they're really clear and it's not people don't take them as offense because they've set it up really nicely and it's like well this is when I'm free and as you say you didn't get an email past 3 p.m so people knew that that was your working day um it's just brilliant and I love that like I mean everybody wants time and and to have as you say have your yoga done have your journaling done and then you're really starting your your working day it sounds brilliant and then having your evenings free as well you know like it's just yeah and I was so not used to that and it was just like so nice to be able to, yeah, have those boundaries and to be able to set them so early on. And I think it's definitely a pro when you're working for yourself, yeah. you know, because you don't have anyone else to answer to if you're turning down like a 10 grand contract. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, that's me. I'm the one losing out on the money. But to me, my time is more important than my money. So, yeah. you know, that, that's also, I think, a really, and also, I think, you know, knowing that if you, take too much on that you're you're kind of distilling the quality of what you're offering to clients yeah. is another thing which I really is I, I do believe that's why clients have stayed with me for so long yeah yeah and that's it and and as you say it's quality over quantity as well yeah. um yeah. so tell me about how we have unfold you have utu like sh- shelf lead shelf lead <laughs> yeah, am shelf- I right 
yeah. Where did that come so like tell tell yeah. me where that came from? That was like, oh my goodness, uh I'm moving to Austin. What the fuck? <laughs> it was it was kind of like that for me too, to be honest. Um so um I set up Shell Fleet with a friend of mine in August last year. Um so Sierra, who's my business partner, she and I have been uh, friends since I worked in my my old creative agency. And I was when I was managing director, she was actually uh, part of my sales team. And okay. we just got on so well. We were, you know, I, at the time it was her first job. And I loved like, you know, working with her and I could just see so much potential in like what mm-hmm. she has. Um, I think she's kind of like basically a mini me, but I always say <laughs> she's more stubborn than I am um, and she's definitely more impatient than I am which I laugh about I'm like that will come with with time now um but yeah so we we've just kind of stayed in touch and um I was kind of giving her some advice for she was running a thing called micro markets in Austin which is like a big kind of farmers like market here um so she works with like a load of craft makers and mm-hmm. uh, different producers and she was kind of seeing a core problem which was the independent brands that were selling at this marketplace were really struggling in terms of like their business skills and how they get new customers. And so a lot of them were like going to this market, but maybe only making money that one Sunday a month and then just kind of focusing on their craft for the rest of the time, but really having no place to, to sell. Some of them would sell on Etsy or Instagram shop, but they didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah. So Sierra was kind of saying to me like, hey, you know, could you give some advice or could you maybe do some workshops? For, for these guys and I was like yeah of course like obviously my background is retail I understand I I you know I really I've, I've done the odd craft market myself with things mm-hmm. that I've created always craft but um <laughs> I'm definitely not a, I'm definitely not a craft maker um but yeah so I, I was like sure so we started kind of talking about you know well maybe they should try Instagram shop and obviously as we know Instagram advertising has become so expensive and yeah um then we were thinking like you know maybe we should try and set up like a consignment program so consignment for anyone that doesn't know is is where you sell you give your product to a store and then they'll sell it on your behalf and then they'll take normally up to 50 percent of the sales price um so that's kind of a big thing and for smaller brands to approach retailers is to say hey like can I do consignment in your store so we we had kind of set up this consignment um, program where we were taking retailers and, and intru- or taking independent brands and introducing them to retailers and, you know, th- doing that. And then one of the retailers was like, you know what, Sierra, like this is such a pain because at the end of the month, I have to work out how much I owe this person. And I have to tell I have to work at my sales and then I have to Venmo them, which is like basically Revolut yeah, yeah. Um, or PayPal them. And it's just such a nightmare. And um we were like she was like you know what I just love to just rent out my shelf space and we were like oh my god that's such a clever idea we were like yeah like that's basically what Airbnb does is they rent out like if you have a spare room in your house I'll rent out my spare room why can't we do that for retail where if I have spare shelves or a spare rail in my store why don't I just put a money value on that for the month and rent the shelf out so we're like okay so we started working on this in like August and we're just Sierra was on the ground I was obviously Mm -hmm. in Kenya still and I was kind of more definitely in a like a advisory consultancy role we were kind of you know running through the process and how this could work and she was testing the the kind of you know hypothesis on the ground and Mm -hmm. and we're like yeah there's there's something there um so in September we applied to Techstars which is um for anyone that doesn't know this like super cool incubator that is for tech companies um it's a three-month program you go through this um amazing workshops you get to meet investors you get to meet mentors you get to basically meet like the creme de la creme of like tech people um Mm. in Austin and this program is like I think there's over like I think 3,000 people that apply like every year um and only 11 are chosen so we were like we won't get in like we were like we're, yeah. we're literally business. at this point we've been in business like three months yeah. we were like we can get in um had our interview we're like nah we're not gonna get in we're told look hey actually you haven't made it for January well you've made it into the August one so we were delighted we were like oh my god we're like in the August one so I originally was kind of planning to move to Austin late March early April um for Shell Fleet and we were seeing like traction with the customers and we were seeing that people were really loving what we were doing. And we only like we literally were doing everything manually. So we'd have a retailer and they'd say, look, I'm looking for candles. 
and we go and we find independent brands that sold candles and then we bring them back to the retailer and go which one do you like and they choose one mm. and then we measure their shelf and we'd say okay you can rent your shelf for this much we go to the independent brand and say hey this shelf is a hundred dollars a month yeah great we'd move them in we'd organize the whole thing and so this is all just going great and and then we got a call I was actually in Ireland um at Christmas it was the first time I had visited in like well a year and um I was in Ireland and Sierra rings me and she's like they're after calling us and we're in the January cohort and oh I was my like gosh. and I'm like in Ireland all my stuff is in Kenya and I'm like what do you mean we're in the January cohort she's like yeah it starts the 15th of January and I was like shit I can't can't. I'm sorry she was like it starts the 6th of January and I'm like I can't like I'm in Ireland until like January 3rd I was like I like what so she's like yeah I'm like okay this is amazing news so I changed my flights my mom is like oh you have to stay here for New Year's I was like no I'm sorry like I'm actually preferred to be on the coast for New Year's anyway (laughs) because Ireland was obviously still in like no nightclubs open everything yeah raining and miserable so, um, yeah, so I fly back to Kenya on the 27th, had New Year's um, on the coast. It was amazing. I went to the school festival on the coast in Kenya and um, then broke the news to all my friends there that I was going to to Austin for three months, originally three months. Um, and um, yeah, so so basically told told all the friends that I was I was leaving, booked my flights to, to fly to Austin on the 15th. Um, did the first week of the cohort online, which was, um, you know, I was still doing unfold stuff during the day and then doing the cohort like workshops at night. Crazy, crazy. crazy. And then flew out here on the 16th of January. And yeah, it's just been been mad since I got here, but good mad. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I love it, though. It's brilliant. You have to just take these opportunities when yeah. you get them, you know. And so you mentioned about being organized and, and you have to obviously have to be super organized now because yeah. you're behind that's I'd yeah, say that's exactly. a little bit kind of you Very know you're trying difficult. to catch yourself um I'd say you nearly have to be a day ahead or something yeah. if yeah. that makes sense so I don't, yeah but what do you do to make it easier for you I know you're saying about color coding in your emails and everything like that but do you delegate anything that you just like I that is not worth my time doing yeah so yeah so so um definitely a big thing that I had to pull back on so I was obviously the the only person on the ground in mm-hmm. um for slum runners for the last seven or eight months so I was so my my um friend Christina had left and gone back to Canada in August mm-hmm. and so from August up until I left in January so whatever that is six seven months I had been the only person on the ground so I had very much committed to fund I was doing a lot of the fundraising mm-hmm. I was visiting the school twice a week I was yeah, just basically doing a lot on the ground, meeting with different people for food programs, different donors. Um, and so I kind of had to say to Christina, like, hey, look, I'm moving to Austin. You're going to have to come back to, to Kenya, yeah. which she's delighted about. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm also going to have to take a big step back because I can't have my focus across three different things because yeah. it's just it's too much. Um, and I know the intensity and of this particular program, this Techstars program, I had been told I've been warned that this is yeah. like crazy. So I, I just kind of didn't want anything to slide. So one of the the agreements that we made is that she, she would kind of take over a lot of the on the ground responsibility. And then we do have a board. So a lot, a lot of them have started to step up in terms of like, you know, supporting like one of our other board members is heading out now in February and, oh, actually it is February. She's <laughs> 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 um, arriving, I think this week. Um, yeah, that's how, that's how quick this month has gone. Um, yeah. So she's, she's there. I think she's arriving this week. And so there's just like a lot of support from the team that side. And then in terms yeah. of unfold, um, as I mentioned, I've, I've not, I've purposely not taken on as much work as I normally have. Um, I've I've declined to work with new brands this year. Mm-hmm. So anyone new that's come to me, I've said like, I'm sorry, I'm at capacity. Um, and then anyone that I've worked with that I really like, really like on a project basis, I've either told them up front, look, hey, like I can do it, but timelines are going to be a lot yeah. longer. Yeah. Or I've given them, I've introduced them to other friends of mine who own agencies because- yeah. Um, you know, they're people that I trust. I know they're going to do good work. And also I have good relationships with them. So, um, yeah, so it's just been, I think just managing people's expectations is a yeah. big one. Um, and then also just managing my own expectations of what I can actually get, know what I can get done without just being exhausted as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, tell me about, the, like, tell me about the other side of um, the coin and where are you fitting the yoga in now and where are you fitting yeah. the, because like that's such a huge part of your life um your your fitness and looking after you not even I don't I don't even mean about fitness I mean like just I suppose um self-care and you know making sure that you're looked after so you can look after everybody else I suppose more than anything yeah. else it is and honestly like I think that the big thing for me is like mental health is so important um I you know I really I've been through part like parts of my life where I'm just like I've completely ignored what I need for my mental health and mm-hmm. so I've, I've had like negative, very negative effects because of that. So it's definitely when, when things get busier, I actually prioritize now. So yeah. um, I, you know, I, what was really funny, we have on Techstars, we have this amazing woman that we get once a week and um, her name is Sarah Gates. And she's, she's kind of like a life coach, but she's very much like mind, body, spirit. And um, you mm-hmm. should look, her, she's brilliant. And we get the luxury of chatting to her for one hour a week. And the first session that we had with her was, um, around you know what what is the thing that is a non-negotiable what's your what's your one boundary while you're on this program that you're going to tell your co-founder or anyone else that this is your thing and I was like I've actually got two things and she was like go on and I was like well the first thing is I will never be in the office before I go to the gym and I was like I will never like even now like this morning I got up extra early so I could Mm -hmm. just do stretching because I will never start work until I've had like that even 20 minutes to myself of just like stretching yoga meditation whatever because it's so important to me that I start the day with like a clear head and not like mm-hmm. wake up in this mood in a bad mood and just be fuzzy for the rest of the day mm-hmm. and then the other thing is I will never eat my lunch at my desk so I will literally every day we have a gorgeous little park behind the office and every day I will go outside for even if it's 20 minutes again yeah go for a walk around the block or I'll go walk to get a coffee or something and I'll never eat my lunch at my desk it's just like a you know I've, I've done that so many times where I'm consuming food without even realizing that I've eaten yeah. you know yeah. and I just I don't that's just it's it's a non-negotiable for me yeah um, so yeah so I, I think yeah they'd be my two key things yeah Yeah, that's brilliant though I mean that's as well as that that's such good advice for people who find it difficult to switch off because if you can't find 40 minutes in your day for you there's something wrong you know there you know yeah yeah, like it's not a lot like 40 minutes is not a lot of time for yourself no No. minimum you know like that's yeah that that, that, you're saying like that's my bare minimum you want want a lot more yeah no like a lot a lot more like I'll try and finish work as early as I can (laughs) um and what are your key motivators getting up every morning like what 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 do you look forward to doing um obviously include your your um self-care as well but what what do you look forward to doing every morning so I would have I kind of laugh because I'm literally like my life goal is to just have a farmhouse in the middle of Italy with 70 dogs and literally everything I do is just to actually get to this goal so I'm like I don't really care about money I don't really care about like being successful I don't really care about you know having this amazing business I'm just like this goal and I I was joking because um we got asked that and and one of the investors said it and I was joking and I said to the investor like yeah like the only reason I'm doing this business is so I can retire at 40 and so I can have a house with like 70 dogs and they just started laughing they were like you're not supposed to say that and I was like yeah no I know but it is the truth um but also I think I just I love um I love being interested in, I love being, you know, having projects that I'm interested in. Yeah. So if I find something, I can, I can never work for somebody, a company, a brand, even one of my clients, if I don't believe in what they're doing. Yeah. And if I don't believe that ultimately they're making a change that is actually having an impact in a good way. So like even brands that I, I worked with in the past, I've very much, they very much had to have you know the same values and ethos as me and I've I've had to be able to see a clear vision of why they're doing it they're not just doing it to make money they're doing it for an actual reason um and for me that like the motivation of getting up and kind of going into the office and and shelf lead and the Usu foundation and unfold digital is all the same it's like you know what are the little pieces that we can all do that's going to have like a bigger impact or a greater impact on Mm -hmm. you know the future or you know what's happened currently and just I guess to make people's life a bit nicer right now mm. because there's so much crap going on and so much negativity. Like as I said, I don't watch the news. I actually mm. never. I, I I don't know what's going on in the world because I don't watch the news. I catch up on Twitter sometimes 
or if there's something major I know my family WhatsApp group will bring it up um but I don't know what's going on ever which I think Mm -hmm. is actually really healthy for my mind um I watch a serious amount of videos about dogs and old people which is also really good for my mind (laughs) um and then I do have my little routines you know like I have I'm super clean like I, I believe that having a clean house is like really important like and I don't mean like you know not having your own little untidy areas but for me just having everything a place for everything because when I wake up I don't feel stressed it's not there's no clutter around I'm like oh I love walking around my little house and yeah and you know I was only thinking and chatting to this with a friend of mine I was like it's so important for me to have a home yeah and it doesn't matter where it is which country it is and it's just you know it feels like my home and that can be like having candles and like you know little aromatherapy scents and having my yoga mat laid out and like flower like fresh flowers and just stuff like that it just makes me so happy and what about um and obviously being happy and everything but what are you most proud of what's kind of your proudest moment out of all of um but past 10 years so so much has happened um what what would be your proudest moment um I think like just in general just taking opportunities and not like I, I definitely think I used to have this fear, which I think a lot of people do have, which is this fear that, you know, my parents were very, very, you know, set on get that one good job and mm-hmm. stay in that job for the rest of your life. And that's, a, I think it's a mindset of people, their generation, you know, my parents are in their seventies. And I remember even when I, when I was leaving Arnott's at the time, and I would have, you know, been going to Corfu, they were very much like, oh, you know, Colette, that's a great job. And now you're only 18 and like, you've done mm-hmm. so well. And and like they were always every job I was in, it was a great job and I'm doing so well and I shouldn't leave and I should just stay there. And, you know, and I, I think for me to just kind of always be like, nah, I'm going to just do what I want. Yeah. And and I think my stubbornness is a big thing. Like, I, I think I'm most proud of being stubborn, actually. Um, I'm not really caring what other people think. I obviously take advice, but ultimately I make my own decisions and they've always thankfully touch wood paid off. So, um, yeah, I think that's what I'm most proud of. And is there anything um, that not a is there any information that not a lot of people know about you? So tell me something that not a lot of people know about you. Yeah, or so I actually book. <laughs> no, I actually am. Like it's quite funny. I was trying to think about like um, you know what what makes me what what do people kind of not know about me? And I really like I just blab way too much. Like I think people know a lot about me. Like in terms of like I guess something that you know not many people know is I, I think there was a period in my t- of my life where I was in like a, a corporate job and I was super stressed and I had to take three months off work because of burnout and I don't think many people know because I didn't really talk about it I didn't it mm. wasn't really like something I just kind of got on with it I was like oh yeah you know like this will fade and it did eventually but I think that was when I really stopped and reevaluated. like you know is it worth it is my yeah. mental health actually worth this no it's not and yeah. um, so I think that's probably one thing. And then the other thing that people don't know about me is I used to be a track runner. So when I was a kid in school, I actually ran in Santry and I used to be a runner. And that's really hilarious because I'm so tiny that I don't know how I ever won, but I was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still, you still do your, your running today as I well? <laughs> yeah, I do. Not, not as fast as I used to be, I don't think, but yeah, I still run. Yeah. <laughs> so at Corporate to Cam, we're all about taking a risk to create your happiness. So what advice would you give somebody who is just has been thinking about it for the last six months, the last two years? What would you say to them? Yeah, I, th- I think firstly, I think be nice to people always because it's actually going to come in really handy when you are setting up your own thing or moving. It's all about the contacts that you have. So like, I honestly believe that I've only been I've only done so well because of contacts that I've made. Yeah. Like, you know, through networking, through friends, through people that have worked for me that then set their own businesses up that have, you know, said, oh, hey, I've got this new job. I want to come on as a client. And like just networking, but just being like authentic. So, you know, not just being nice to people because you want something from them, but just mm-hmm. actually being authentically nice and getting yeah. to know people, I yeah. think is so important. Um, and then the other thing I think is just, you know, stop making excuses because I think we all are guilty of just putting things off and making excuses because, you know, I don't have the finance to quit my job or I'm, I'm living in this situation. I have to pay my rent or, oh, but this job isn't so bad sometimes. And I've been guilty of saying all of those things, Mm -hmm. but actually sometimes it's just worth it to just go, okay, if I still feel like this in a month's time, 
I need to make a change and actually holding yourself accountable to that and not going I'll wait till next month I'll wait till next month you know it's having a plan in place and and yeah I think it's just you know just do it really yeah exactly exactly um every episode or most episodes we have um are either or so it's just a quick fire um go through and pick and edit two things so I have uh one for you just a few little words uh sweet or savory savory uh bubbles or beer bubbles uh Austin or Kenya Kenya (laughs) (laughs) book or podcast uh, I actually love a book. Sorry, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. The slopes or the sea? Sea. Uh, tea or coffee? I don't drink either. I'm such a weirdo. That's that's not I I have so many friends who don't drink either. I just drink coffee to stay alive some days. <laughs> <laughs> running or the gym? Ooh, running. Cats or dogs? Oh, I can't pick, but I think oh. I do love dogs more, but I love them both. <laughs> yeah. And um face to face or online? face to face still um and is there anything else that you'd like to share no just thanks so much for having me and yeah it's been great it's been a lot of fun oh thank you so much if people want to find you where's the best place to find you what were your details Um, what would be the best place so my instagram is biteme.ie so feel free to follow me on my instagram it's very entertaining very entertaining instagram if you're looking for my more professional life um <laughs> my linkedin is also i i kind of regularly keep up on that as well perfect so colette doyle on linkedin yeah and she has numerous numerous uh businesses after her name now <laughs> <laughs> so posh <laughs> that's so posh thank you so much colette i really appreciate you coming on the podcast thanks so much it's been such fun thank you thanks will Thank you for listening to the Corporate to Calm podcast. Please subscribe, leave a nice review, or simply come back and listen to us next time. I'm Linda Monaghan, motivating you to make that leap from corporate to calm.